Yeah, and this is definitely all going to be an experiment and every single mistake and success will be documented. I'm Jim Huffman, and this is If I Was Starting Today, a collection of conversations about half-baked startup ideas, growth tactics, and stories from founders, including my own journey as a business owner. All of the content is centered around one question. What would you do if you were starting today? All right, today on the podcast, we are doing an update on a $3 million challenge. This was supposed to happen in May, but uh, life happened. Things got busy. We're recording this on June 2nd. We're doing the May update in June. So we're going to have to get back on track. But Jonathan, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me again. I definitely blame the long Memorial Day weekend for this late recording, but it's, it's worth it. Still glad we're doing it. Yeah, we were busy last week. Memorial Day rocked us, and then my my two year old had some some complications, so I had to to tend to that. But yeah, whenever you're a parent, you have this great idea of having a schedule for a day and things you want to do, and then a curveball happens. You're like, well, I will not get anything done today. Now we're we're getting into it. We're getting into the three million dollar challenge. So people that don't know what is the three million dollar challenge, Jonathan and I had the the great idea instead of just running a, a growth marketing agency, let's try and start a bunch of companies at once because we're not already busy enough. But the thought is, if we're such a good growth agency, why can't we grow our own thing? So we're trying to grow three companies from idea to seven figures. One is our agency growth hit. We've successfully hit that. The second is a productized service, one day design that we'll talk a lot about today. And the third is a direct-to-consumer product, Handsome Chaos. And so the goal is we really want to have our own micro private equity firm of owning our own companies. So we're building in public just to hold ourselves accountable. But Jonathan, I actually listened to the last podcast. You made some bold predictions last time. Do you even remember any of those? I don't remember a single thing I said. (laughs) Let's start with putting you on the spot. I like that. So with, with One Day Design, our productized service, we can design you a landing page in 24 hours. That is... 1299 bucks. We have a subscription tier that's close to five grand for unlimited design. We soft launched this in May and we asked Jonathan on the podcast, hey, put some numbers out there. What are we going to hit? And here's what he said. He said, we're going to have five clients and we will hit 30,000 MRR in our soft launch, which I, I love the aggressiveness, but can, can you speak to where we're at right now? So at least half of that is true. We have five. <laughs> Actually, one is still doing a, a free trial. So four and a half, but we're nowhere near the 30K MRR. But we did cross the five, the five-figure mark, which is really a promising start, especially considering we really haven't done much marketing for this almost at all. It's just been people that have previously inquired to work with Growth Hit were in our periphery and we just reached out to them, let them know about the service. And we managed to get five with very minimal effort. So even then, I still think it's a promising result, even though we don't have the 30,000 to brag about. Yeah. Yeah. So we have five customers. You nailed that. Even though let's not talk about the fact that we gave someone a free trial. It's a very, very dear client uh, or old client that we're, we're helping out. So we, we nailed that 30K MRR we did not hit, but we did hit five figures, which I think that is worth celebrating, which is pretty exciting to hit over $10,000 in month one. But the big thing is who will stay, right? Because I want this to be a subscription product. That's how this business model works. If they all churn, then it's kind of like we're back to the drawing board. 
but but yeah. I, I think that that's pretty strong. And the other call out on how we got these these leads in it, we do have a little bit of an unfair advantage that we have an agency where we have a pretty big database of people who have wanted to work with us in the past, but didn't have budget. And so that's how we got all five of these is from that network. And we're really trying to prove that this thing works and people like it and that it's sticky. And if that works, then we're going to do a big launch. And, and that would start probably sooner than later. But Jonathan, what, what are you thinking right now as we make this decision? Because this isn't a software tool where we can just let anybody come on and make sure the servers are ready. This is the scales based on the, the people we have. What are you thinking for wanting to put your foot on the gas to, to get more business for one day design? Yeah. So first it's, so we are reaching the stage where those initial batch of clients are now on the verge or have the opportunity to renew. So this is where we really see if this is a sticky offer or if there are things that we need to change and modify. We're already in the process of reaching out to a few of them to almost essentially give them work or at least point at opportunities on their site that we could potentially help with so that they can continue working with us. Once we're confident that this is sticky, then it's really going all in on a uh, larger launch, uh, trying to acquire leads, building out an entire pipeline and uh, trying to serve them that way. But I still think we need tweaks on the offer uh, and even just simplifying the way it's presented on the site so people who land there can understand it easily and then go from there. But I think I'm, not, I'm, I'm actually not that worried about scaling the team, to be honest with you, because we have a very solid way of operating and like tools and things that we've set up, even just doing the work as part of the agency. But it's really that offer first and then finding ways to to reach out to as many people and drive them to that sticky offer. Yeah. And the other cool thing with closing five clients is we've gotten some really helpful feedback that poked holes at what we built. You know, one is around pricing. Like people will not even talk to us and do that first tier of the $12.99. But the second tier of unlimited design, it definitely requires a phone call, not even a phone call, but people want to test us before they go that path. And then another thing that was interesting is people really wondering, oh, wait, do you work on e-commerce? Do you work on SaaS? And it's a little painful to hear that because we know like the depth of experience we have there. But then when I look at the website as a, a skeptic, I'm like, oh, that doesn't come screaming across the industries we work in. And so that's something we're working on. But the, the biggest lever to pull is exactly what you're saying is pricing and packaging, because we've really leaned into subscription. And we're, we're going to do a pretty extreme test around that to see if there's an easier way to let people pick what they want to get the right package for them. So it's not just this take it or leave it setup. But how are you thinking about rolling out that test? Because pricing experiments are, those are exciting, but those can be high stakes. For sure. And really, I don't think there's a silver bullet here. But one thing I've noticed is trying to answer everyone's potential question on a, on a website is really a futile effort. It's not going to work. Potentially, we're going to even cause more confusion by cramming more information on that page. So really, the question is, what? how do you create something that's appealing that gets the person to say, tell me more, so that you can continue the conversation offline, customize that offer based on their needs. So it feels like this thing is customized specifically for what their team needs, rather than trying to sell them and impress everyone that comes to the site on that first impression. So this is something we do with all our clients, really. It's, it's uh, just understanding that, that entry intent of a visitor and then just you know customizing our funnel accordingly. But yeah, we'll see how this works. This is trial and error. So 
we'll report on it obviously on the next three $3 million update as well. Yeah. I'm excited. And even what's cool is when we do calls, we have a call coming up in an hour or two hours with one prospect. We can play with testing or pricing on the fly to see what makes yeah. sense for them. Because we're, we're also excited to do not just the design, but the dev, because so many people are asking for that. And we like it because it allows us to probably have better retention and be stickier and add more value. So I'm interested to see that offering of the design plus dev, because it's definitely something that, that people are asking for. Jonathan, I don't know how much we want to get into this, but what I'm chomping at the bit to do is to really grow this thing. And do you want to tease some of the things we're thinking? Like once we prove there's retention and people are holding on, what we want to do to put our foot on the gas to grow? Yeah. So the way we're thinking about this is considering our limited resources as well, we don't have infinite resources. And by this, I mean like our time and energy. What can we do that would have the highest payoff the soonest? And then we've created like a matrix essentially of the highest paying off items that we could potentially do right away versus things that could still be have a high payoff, but we essentially the payoff would be very delayed and something that we wouldn't really take advantage of in the immediate term. And there are obviously other something in the middle where it's like paid advertising, for example, paying for podcasts or sponsoring podcasts and just trying to get ourselves out there, brand awareness, and see how that converts. Uh, and then there's quite a few things in there as well in the middle that is just very manual, direct sales outreach to our desired target and see how that performs as well. That one will just require a lot of effort, but I think it even a small conversion rate on that is still promising. So we're trying to tackle a lot of things as a team. Thankfully, we have multiple people on the team, but we still need to prioritize to make sure that we get a payoff in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah, it's like this weird kind of matrix of what's scalable, what's not scalable, what is free, what is paid, because things that are, and also what gives quick wins versus what is more of a long-term play. Because we know we can turn on Google ads and that could drive some leads, but it's going to come at a cost. And if subscription works, then I'm down to pay 100, 200 bucks for a lead. However, if it's only for one month, then we'd have to like rethink those unit economics. The, the other thing is the podcast advertising can be great for the long-term play, but we'll, we'll see if that could get some immediate results, but it might. But in the short term, you know, a product hunt launch, scripting that the right way could be huge. You know, going into various communities and forums is something I'm very excited about. We actually created this database of 45 different Facebook groups, Slack communities, one-off forums that are related to this, where we want to do this bottoms-up approach that when we launch this, we make this thunderclap of noise across all of these communities. Because if, if you're launching something like this, but you don't have the budget to do ads, I would be leaning to the bottoms up scrappy approach. So we're, we're trying to test all of these in an intentional way to see where we can get traction. And the ones that really shine through look to double down on those. We're even thinking through packing some job boards where we're able to use that as a lead gen opportunity for us. So that's something that we're thinking about just because the volume of people looking for design work is insane. We just have to be very thoughtful in how we funnel them over to, to one day design. But but those are things I'm like very excited to report on whenever we get into the launch phase. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is definitely all going to be an experiment. And obviously we have the benefit of this podcast. So every single 
mistake and success will be documented. But um, I think our approach at a high level is smart. We just now need to figure out like the one channel that works. And even before all of this, as Jim said, it's like nailing down something that's sticky. If we know what the lifetime value of a potential customer is, or at least if it's past a certain amount of months, then you're really comfortable potentially even paying to acquire them. So I think, yeah, that's that's those are the big priorities right now. Very cool. So speaking of, you know, failing in public and making mistakes, let's put a prediction on the line. It is June 2nd. If we can do this podcast again at the end of the June or start of July, what are we going to hit? We've got five clients right now, hit five figures. Where will we be at in the next 30 days? Yeah. So in the next 30 days, so like the quarterly goal that we set actually just on our previous EOS meeting was closer, I believe 30 to 50K. I don't have the exact number top of mind. So I think in the next quarter, uh, we can definitely, we'll do two things. This is my prediction. One, we will nail down a sticky offer that we're very confident about, and we'll have evidence to prove it because we've taken a few clients through that. They've stayed with us by that stage, at least two months. And then the the number will be at least 20K, preferably 30. So it's 20 to 30K. I'll give it a range, but that's what I have. Well, we'll say 20K, even though it's less than your prediction last month, you're coming out aggressive, which I like. So we'll say 20K MRR. How many clients? I'll say I'm realizing just in the client count is not really what we should be optimizing for. So I would actually say six or seven. Yeah. And with that, we can easily hit 20K. Yeah, I agree. Because so many clients want to just do one landing page to test, but really what matters yeah. is, is the, the subscription yeah. client at, at like four to 8K. Okay. Exactly. Got it. Awesome. Well, it has been um, jotted down in the Google Doc. I mean, you could erase it, but it's there. I can go back to the change history and see if you tamper with it. So we'll, we'll <clears> go <throat> to the next startup, Handsome Chaos. It's been a roller coaster ride on that one. And I, I don't even know if you know the latest update, but we started manufacturing and Handsome Chaos is dry shampoo, pomade for dudes. And so it's a pomade that your hair is greasy. Like mine is right now. I just went on a morning jog. No big deal. I've got that, that nice runner's glow right now, but your hair gets a little oily. You can put this pomade in it where it would actually dry it out and almost clean it for busy dads like me that maybe can't take a shower every day when they would want to. So we started making this in August. It has taken a while to get to a product we like, but just in the past two and a half months at iteration, like 11, we made something awesome and it is, we've tested it on five different people. They really like it. They say they would buy it. So we nailed it. But then we got some traumatic news two weeks ago. There's a key ingredient that I will not say on this podcast because it is, it is so essential, but to get it is going to take us 12 weeks. So we're like ready to make the order. And the guy's like, okay, that's great. But that product you want, it's on back order and he has to ship it from Antarctica or Malaysia. I don't know where it's coming from, but it's going to take 12 weeks. So we thought we were going to be able to launch this thing in like two to three weeks. We're now looking at like a Q3, Q4 launch, which just devastates me. So I heard the news. I immediately stood up and I started uh, throwing my head into the window. But then I was like, you know what? This is a good thing. Now we can do the, the most epic launch where we can build up a wait list, we can build up demand, and then we can really try and launch this thing. At least that was the silver lining I was trying to find. But Jonathan, this might be news to you, but what are your thoughts on that? Actually, what came to mind is I'm not that disappointed, to be honest. Initially, it was a little, as you were saying that, I was like, wow, that kind of sucks to know that you've hit, you found the product and the magic ingredient is missing. That's that's uh, that's sad. But then at the same time, this is an opportunity to do a pre-sale to really see if there's 
excitement. And if you still have a small batch of orders, you can really create some some assets of you using it, other people using it, and just playing around with it, potentially in ads or other things like that as well. So uh, pre-sell, I think, is where the where we should be focusing on that one. I think. Yeah, and and you're exactly right. We we built up a wait list of a thousand people. <clears throat> We've pre we 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 didn't pre-sell. We sold twenty, and then I'm refunding everybody just to prove there's traction for it. But now it might be worth doing a true pre-sale and say, hey, this is coming in Q3. Give them an incentive to buy it now. That actually could be a smart move. I want to think through that and how we message that. What's the right time to do the pre-sale? Because I know with Kickstarter campaigns, people do it and they get it in like a year, year and a half. But I I don't want to do this through Kickstarter. At least I don't think that's the right move. I want to do it through Shopify and and start to to build that up. But um, but yeah, we'll we'll have to think through how we message that and and approach that. And what maybe there's an incentive for people to order it earlier. Maybe it's just the fact that it's it's hard to get and we're only going to have a thousand units. So they want to get them before they they sell out. Yeah, one thing, one thing's for sure that it definitely has to be an enthusiastic customer, someone with a burning point and they're willing to wait for until Q3 to get this product. We've seen this work obviously with many other verticals, especially in electronics, but I'm very curious to see how this will work with dry hair shampoo. It'll be a learning opportunity for us, I think. Yeah. Well, and I even forgot to turn the Shopify to site to market as sold out. We, we, we were getting orders over the weekend. I'm like, first, how in the heck are people finding this? And two, I'm like, oh, that's yeah. awesome. Our funnel's working. And then I have to send the email where I'm like, I'm so sorry, this does not even exist. But can I send you a free product when it's live? So, so uh, how many orders so far, Jim? Uh, like 22. Know? That's actually very promising for something that hasn't been marketed at all. So yeah, so it's nice to see there's some demand there. And we we ran a big survey for people to like a, a thousand people and, and 70% were like, I would definitely be interested in trying this. So yeah, man, but it's funny how we, we think of one day design where we're making iterations in days and weeks when manufacturing a product, our iterations are like months and quarters. It is so painful. But anyway, and we even tried to make do a substitute product. And I got the sample last week where we could use the substitute product and launch it in two weeks, but just wasn't good enough. And so that was a hard decision too. Like I could have launched with a not as good product, but it wasn't the right move. And so hopefully it's worth the wait to have the, this key ingredient, but, but we'll see, man. Yeah. yeah. I to hear about it. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, the agency, we don't really report on it just because we, we've hit our, our goal there. But in, any updates on the agency? Last week, I talked about, you know, EOS has been huge. We hired a head of biz dev. We actually did a podcast on what we're doing with the agency to prepare for a potential recession. But we're actually pretty aggressive right now. We're actually even spending more to drive more leads in business because we're trying to build up a wait list for people wanting to work with our agency. But I don't know if you want to speak to anything else that that you're thinking through with the agency right now. Yeah, I think in general, it's just preparing for a potential recession, like everyone's talking about, not just the recession, but also a dip in the job market as a whole. So uh, that's just something we have to keep an eye out for. But I think the the VP of BizDev slash sales, I think, has had a huge impact on the team. I think we're just refining our process, adding just systems where previously it was just manual work and, you know, a few people just, you know, winging it. So I'm very excited to see how that goes. We're also updating our marketing infrastructure as a whole. So it's just not just sales and biz dev, but also our marketing infrastructure, which has long been neglected, I think is also going to get a huge revamp. So excited about all these things taking shape at the same time. Yeah, we're finally actually pointing our 
marketing and growth resources on our own agency. It only took four years, but I'm, I'm pretty excited with the funnel we're designing and everything we're doing there. But the biggest thing holding our VP of business back, honestly, is me. Because I, I don't have a formal training process. It's, it's me trying to onboard him and how quickly I can let go of the reins because revenue is, is the lifeblood of our agency and, and sales drives that. And so that's, yeah, man, that's something every morning I'm like, I've got to empower him to do stuff and stop being a, a control freak. But I, I think we're, we're making progress there. Yeah, yeah. So one last thing I want to hit on was I, I did something, shoot, was that two weeks ago? I did a Wim Hof method experience. I was in San Diego for a, this group that I'm in around like founders and entrepreneurs. And there was this half day session called the Wim Hof experience. And I'm like, oh, who's this Wim Hof guy? So I was talking to Jonathan about it. He's like, you don't know who Wim Hof is? I was like, I have no idea. I have now in the past two weeks become a, tr- a cult follower of Wim Hof and, and that method. But at, at a high level, this guy, his nickname is the Iceman. He basically takes the idea of breathing, cold exposure, and mindfulness, combines them together to essentially make a superhuman where you can optimize your like human potential on what you can do with your body. And it was a pretty insane experience. And I'll one thing to call out, he actually did a study is like in the 90s where he did his breathing exercises, he did his cold exposures. And he went into a lab and they would inject him with the virus where it usually takes people like 24 to 48 hours to have their body fight it off and get rid of it. He was able to do it in 12 minutes just from his method. And he tested it with 40 other people and the same thing worked. So since then, he's just been a rocket ship with people following him. But like, first, what, what would you say about Wim Hof and the Iceman? Did, did I get part of that right? Actually, I think he got pretty much everything about that right. He became, you know, you think he developed a cult following a few years ago. And he's taking something, I believe this is, at least this is my opinion of it. It's he's taking something where you ought to have an automatic reflex, which is cold water and exposure to cold temperature and trying to hack that by being very mindful and like being able to control your breathing and potentially even your heart rate, I believe as well, and oxygenating your blood through all that breathing. And it's, it's very effective. My only problem is whenever I try to almost pass out. So I have to be very careful about it, but it's, it's definitely cool. What I do now is just the, I think the 44 breaths, when you do, you know, when you take your shower, cold shower, is probably the one way I've managed to fit it into my lifestyle. There are some people who go all out, you know, uh, install a cold ice bath um, outside their homes and jump in every morning and all that other stuff, but still worth it. I think there still has some positives to gain from it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what Anton said. There's this breathing exercise that you can do that could be like as short as two minutes, or you could do it up to 12 minutes, but we did that. And you, I was able to hold my breath for three minutes. I didn't know if I was doing these breathing exercises for 10 minutes or 10 hours, you literally just go to this other place. So we're doing these breathing exercises. They then take us on to, we're on the beach and by the way, this is like a hotel. So there's people like sunbathing and having lunch with their kids. There's this beach. They set up essentially these kiddie pools. They dump 2000 pounds of ice into all these kiddie pools. And then it's all these pale founders from Seattle, like myself out here on this beach. And they have us do our breathing exercises, which by the way, we're also doing who's and ha's. And so it's all these pale people around these kiddie pools, whoing and high, like who ha and you then I'm, I'm sure I'm like on a TikTok video somewhere looking like a complete idiot, but you get up to this kiddie pool and 
in my mind, I'm like, I got this. They just did all the breathing exercises for me. And then you jump in and, and I jump into this big pool of ice. You have to put your whole body in there, except your head. And I literally couldn't breathe for 20 seconds. It's like what Mike Tyson says. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. It was so cold. It was like 2000 needles being jabbed into your body. But once you finally flip over and get your breathing right, it's actually amazing. Except I had this photographer come over and was like taking photos of me and he's like, smile. I'm like, I'm trying to breathe, dude. It's like, please get that camera out of my face. But, but you get out of there and you just, you feel like a new man. I had a little bit of a cold. My cold was gone. I maybe had a little bit of a hangover. My hangover was gone. It was um, a, a magical experience. So, but yeah, I've, I've done a couple cold showers since then. There's something nice about doing on the beach where people are like Lord of the flies around you chanting, but it was, it was a pretty crazy experience. Man, I hope you have some footage you can share with the team. I'd love to watch that. That's, that's amazing. I want to do a company retreat with everybody at Growth Hit and surprise them and do that. I think it could be either really well received or people would probably quit on the spot. But it was it was yeah. pretty cool. Expect mass resignations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <That'd be> funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, I watched the Tony Robbins documentary where in his like sick house in South Beach, he had this like tiny plunge pool outside of his bedroom. It's literally like yeah. four feet by four feet, but it's probably eight feet deep. He wakes up and like a popsicle stick just drops <laughs> into it and then starts the day. But man, that's, that's impressive. Yeah. Some people are taking it to a completely different level, but I like to think of, you know, like something like sustainable versions of these things, things that we can actually do on a daily basis and still get the benefits of, of uh, the Wim Hof method. And you'd be surprised there are actually a few people on the team who are already doing it, at least three people that I know of. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's funny how we've all managed to find this, even though it's in our different ways. But uh, yeah. Even when I do the shower one, though, I still have to pump myself up. I like look at the little handle in my shower. I'm like, can I do it? Can I do it? Can I do it? And it's still cold because I'll go real hot for a while. Then I go cold. And I, they say to start at the top of your head, then go down to your neck. And then back into it is the move. Is that, is that your, your methodology? I just jump straight into it. <laughs> you don't do any really? Of that. Gosh, if, I, if I think about it, I'll, I'll cop out. So I just turned it on and step in and that's it. <laughs> and no more thinking. <laughs> yeah. So that's what You happened. don't do any hot. You just go straight cold. Straight cold. Yeah. Because if I start hot, I'm going to stay hot. So it's, it's actually easier to just go directly into the cold and then maybe reward yourself with a hot 10 seconds at the end or something like no. that. He said, he said no hot at the end is what he said. Okay. So gotta, well, I'm cheating. Yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. I love trying to get out of my comfort zone once a month. Like we did boxing lessons the month before did that. So I got to figure out something for June. Jiu-jitsu. Yeah. That's the answer. I know, that will really get you out of your comfort zone. That will scare you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a shocker for sure. I, I'm afraid I'll tear an ACL or someone will break my arm with one of those moves, but I would love to get into jujitsu. Aren't you almost a black belt? Oh, hell no. I'm <laughs> still climbing up to be a blue belt, but uh, mm -hmm. it's, if you do it with a professional, a, a black belt, one, they won't hurt you. And it's pretty much grappling, right? So there's no striking involved. So it's relatively safe and uh, yeah, you'll be in good hands, but it's going to feel completely foreign to be that mm -hmm. close with another person rolling on the ground. So uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's going to be scary at least initially gotcha so i will wear deodorant got it okay um, oh, you'll definitely need deodorant yeah that's for yeah, sure yeah. okay awesome man well jonathan good talk man awesome thank you jim today's episode is brought to you by no one yep 
we have zero sponsors. I haven't reached out to any companies, nor would I expect a reputable brand to give me money. But I'll give a few plugs. First, I send a weekly newsletter each Thursday featuring five articles or tools that have helped me. You can sign up for these weekly updates at jimwhuffman.com. Second, for anyone running a startup, if you need help growing your business, check out Growth Hit. Growth Hit serves as your external growth team. After working with over 100 startups and generating a quarter billion in sales for clients, GrowthIt has perfected a growth process that's hell-bent on driving ROI through rapid experiments. Plus, you'll get to work with yours truly. So if you want to work with a team that's worked with startups that have been funded by Andreessen Horowitz or featured on Shark Tank, then check out GrowthHit.com. And finally, I wrote a book called The Growth Marketer's Playbook that takes everything I've learned as a growth mentor for venture-backed startups, and I've distilled it down to 140 pages. So instead of hiring a growth team, save yourself some money, get the book, and you can just do it yourself. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'd love to hear feedback. I'm on Twitter at Jim W. Huffman.